Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. We're still on the back porch. Yep. Chilling. And still alive. And, yeah, I thought, wait a minute, is that today? That's today. Today is the day. Well, day's not over. Well, okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure today's the day that, quote unquote, a Christian numerologist, mm-hmm. Uh, predicted the world was going to end. They have to know that it's not going to end when they predict it. They have to know that. Well, I'm just surprised that, yeah, just just uh, Christian numerologist. Yeah, that's not a thing. That's not a that, thing. I, I, hey, hey, Christian numerologist. <laughs> You're not real. <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, we're still here. And it's cooling off, you know, the yeah. temperature. Yeah, you were right on the timing. You yeah. were right on the timing. It gets... It's bad. So, um, yeah, we're just chilling out. My wife is still out of town. She's out of town for, like, I don't know, ever. And uh, She's gone forever, Joe? Yeah, forever? It feels like that. Well, she's, she's been gone for two, she's going to be gone for a week and a half, two weeks, so that's my, that's essentially forever. Okay, it feels like forever. I'm just saying it feels that way. All right, that's fine. You could say it feels okay. like yeah. forever. Feels yeah. like forever is not saying she's gone forever. I said like. Or right. like for it's like no. for yeah, but with you, it's like means it is. Hey, um, so Jen is gone. She's at this uh, retreat. Uh thing for the ministry that she's a part of really cool stuff mm-hmm. and uh, i'm here with the kids and my mom and dad and taking care of business and yeah thankfully the warfords are bringing dinner over tonight oh that's really nice to, that's kind yeah, of i was ready to cook man i was gonna whip up some no you uh, weren't gonna cook are, oh my goodness and, uh, <laughs> you were gonna head off I, I, yeah we getting chinese Is that no what's going no on? i don't got ordering pizza? That. I, I i shot all the money uh for eating out right away so <laughs> jen's did like did you really did you like, already blow the, oh yeah that eat out budget yeah that's gone that's so funny. Yeah, we had to get stuff. Dude, she's been gone for two days. No, she hasn't. It's been gone like, since, <laughs> it's been almost a week. Joe. She left Wednesday morning. Yes. All day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, and it's Saturday. That's four days. Four days, that's more than half and a first week. first of all, she left halfway through the day nope, on Wednesday. She didn't. Early morning. Halfway through. Early morning. Halfway through. Nope. She was halfway. picked up here at 8 a.m. That's not early morning. That's early morning. That's not early morning. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> um, make things up. So we are today. We're going to talk about uh, something that we've gotten. We we just actually got a, a, a email. Another email about it. This is just the yeah. recent one. And so, are you going to read that, Jimmy? Yeah, I'll read it. All right. Uh, I'm not going to say the dude's name. Uh, hello, my name is Blank. Okay, wait. Read it better. That was that sounded bad. Read it, read it. Read it better. That was <sighs> like you sounded like you were totally confused. Or hello, my name is. No, no. I'm looking for some wisdom in the area of church revitalization. Now he sounds pompous. Don't make him sound pompous. <laughs> I am looking for some wisdom in the area of church revitalization. I am currently serving as a bivo youth pastor, but feel called to full-time pastoral ministry. There are several churches in my area that are looking for senior pastors, but several people have told me that I shouldn't interview at them. I understand their reasoning, being that they don't want me at an unhealthy church, but how do you decide to go to a church or not go to a church? I do believe there are some churches that you should stay away from, but at the same time, I don't think that they should be the rule all the time what if mark dever hadn't gone to capitol hill that's right or what if andy davis hadn't gone to fbc durham who's that or al moeller to southern seminary that's right i do feel called to church revitalization but i realize that you have to exercise wisdom in this area love the podcast well he actually sounds smart <laughs> he sounds like he's like i don't know what we're gonna say no mm-hmm. i don't know if we're gonna say much that he, he doesn't already think about but um why don't we talk about the difference between you know pastoring a really healthy church right off the bat, which is, you know, not that likely. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, you can, you can find a healthy church, but it's 
any church that but you But define healthy, right? Like right? every church has its issues. Yeah, no and matter, no matter what, what you're gonna be you're gonna have to turn some things around in an yeah. established church. So there will always be some kind of revitalization that has to happen. But let's just say, you know, not much work to do, stepping into a pastorate, good luck finding that. Or you can plant, yeah. or you're going into like this is a legit revitalization, maybe even a restart or a replanting of a church. Um what what do you what do you think about the differences between those things, Jimmy? Like when you uh does one seem harder or does one seem if it's not harder does it seem more tailored to your giftedness or um and does one seem more of an obstacle to you how do you how do you think about it yeah i mean i think everyone every single one of those options has uh has its pros and cons right like if you're planting a church you're essentially getting to set the course, the mission, the vision, the ethos, the the culture of the church. Right. How you see fit. I mean, we we joke about it all the time, mm-hmm. but there is a reality that like I'm not sure I would fit into any other church. And yeah. I, and I don't think any other church would ever take Joe. Yeah, no. No. You know, um and so I think for me, uh you know, when I think of that, I think of okay, pro, you get to set up the church the way you really feel con- convinced and convicted in the direction that it should go. Con it's going to be a long, long, stressful time, I would say, right? Well, planting is hard, of course. All of this is hard. But planting also has a high level of risk. Um, yeah. Most church planting organizations have a high failure rate. And so it's just the wheels can come off of these things when you're starting off like that. Absolutely. You're going to attract a lot of weirdos. Yep. It's just the reality. I mean, churches attract weirdos, but church plants really attract the weirdos. Oh, yeah, because they, they want their fresh start, too. Every, and they want to get in. their thumb print. Yeah. Or thumbprint. yeah they, I mean, it's like you'll get super needy people yeah. that are because it's a smaller environment. So yeah, I, I think planting, I don't think any one is harder than another, but I think some of them are harder for others, yeah. for certain people, than they are for other people. So for me... Planting, starting a church, uh, that makes sense to me, and it works with my personality yeah. and, and gifts better than revitalizing a church because with revitalization, you're dealing with long-held beliefs, customs, expectations, yeah. and there's a lot of dismantling and and restructuring and rebuilding that has to go into it that generally churches are not too fond of doing. No, and like you said, every at any church, even if you're going into some healthy church or you quote unquote you think is healthy um there's still some level of revitalization there uh it might not be as extreme right. as other circumstances sure. but you're still going against the status quo you're still battling against how things were always done before right and long-held uh ways of 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 working things out right yeah like john piper beloved pastor retired now um great reputation yeah um known as this you know preacher gospel missions and all of that uh but when he retired and the new guy stepped in i know this from talking to staff there that um he had to now begin to address things that maybe they couldn't see or weren't able to deal with under john piper not because he was bad or whatever just because there are just weaknesses in every church correct right and so now, okay, so now can we address these weaknesses that we have fresh eyes, it's a new start, it's a new season, can we address these issues now and try to strengthen them well, without losing the good that Correct. Piper really established for us? So it's going to be, I think you're right, absolutely. Uh, in a lot of ways, that you know, when you talk about that, it's, it's kind of low risk stepping in there because the church is not going not gonna, to, uh, like you said, a high failure rate for a church plant. You're still going to get paid for some time. You There might be some, it might take years, but... The danger, I think, in in going into a church 
uh, that needs revitalization and they're unwilling mm-hmm. to go with the program, right? Uh, is you're gonna there's gonna be some years of discontent, right? And it's gonna scar you for the next church. Man, I, I've we've been able to walk a few different guys through revitalizing local churches, and the ones that have been able to navigate this successfully have been when. They are 100% committed to that church. Yeah. They're 100% committed. I'm going to give my life to this church to see it turned around. And what I mean by turned around is turned around to become a healthy, um, gospel-rich, true gospel friendships, mission being accomplished, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, They're going to give themselves to this. But at the same time, the congregation, no matter how small it is, is willing to do whatever is necessary yes. uh, for that to happen. And that, it, so when that's... That's like, the hardest part. So you can be a willing pastor if the congregation's not willing, good luck, uh, which is not a thing. It doesn't exist, and, so, and neither will your revitalization. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Uh, you've got to have people that are willing to make those changes. So yeah. I would say revitalization is very long, arduous, and it, arduous and it's slow. Planting is a little quicker. Yeah. Right. So revitalizing is it just takes it seems to take a lot more time and it requires a lot of patience. That's it. And you patience with people and patience yeah. with the process. So whether you're a planter or you're revitalizing, you're always a pastor. But those pastoral skills are going to be extremely those priestly skills are going to be extremely important in the revitalization. Yeah. Because I would process. think like with, with like you're talking about with planting, people are excited. Like you've got a, a, a large amount of buy in. Right. Uh for within your team to see this thing through, uh, and so it's excited. Every little victory is is celebrated, and uh, but when it comes to revitalization, people are just you don't you don't see the change as quickly as you'd like to see right. that change. Right, and well, you know, Jimmy and I have been talking about this, and we're going to list um, eight issues mm. that need to be addressed um, if a church is going to be revitalized. And the reality is, is these are eight eight principles or eight issues that that have to be addressed in every church and church plants are quick to address these because they have to because they're starting something so they they're they're front burner issues they they get a lot of attention so which so people come in they see what's happening they're ready to get going a revitalization these all take time to implement one by one and so it's a lot slower so um am i going first or you going first why don't you go first because uh uh, you're the lead man. And I'm odd. And also I'm getting odd numbers then. You can have the odd okay. numbers, yeah. All right, so when you are revitalizing a church, and, the, and this is these are the issues that we've addressed with other churches that have asked for help or input, um, one of the first things that we always encourage is a clarified vision for what kind of a church we're supposed to be. Now, I, I've heard people dog the idea of casting vision and what's that all about, but what we mean is, is every church... Um, is a little bit different. And you have to recognize that there are different kinds of churches. There are seeker-sensitive churches. There are uh, missional churches. There are all these churches that are branded differently and they have different emphases. You have to know what kind of a church uh, God is calling us to be uh, in order to be faithful to Scripture and to reach as many people as possible with the gospel. And so uh, clarifying that vision means that you're able to articulate not only what you're about, but what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Can you paint a picture for the people to say, hey, we're not there yet, but this is where we're going, and this is what we're going to be. God willing, this is what we're going to be. And so once you paint that vision for them to say, hey, we are going to be a, and this is going to look different for everybody. We do Table Pulpit Square. Yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes. Like We want to be a church that exists in <coughs> excuse me, three environments. Yeah. 
And here's what it looks like. It's going to be theologically intense. It's going to be missionally engaged. It's going to be relationally deep, like whatever. Um, so clarify uh, the vision for what kind of a church your church is supposed to be and is going to be. Absolutely. I think secondly, uh, you want to establish your con- your confessional identity, right? Like there needs to be right. some theological grounding for for you and, and for who you guys are about. You know, for us, I think we're, we're leaning towards the— uh, the 1689, right? Like we're leaning towards well, the second London. Well, we have our, the church's confessional identity is the abstract of principles. At this point, yeah. Yeah, and what the elders are doing is they're walking through the 1689 at, with maybe it being the that some that, would, that to which the elders would subscribe, but some sort of confession of faith, yeah. Yeah, yeah there needs to be something that, that unites us confessionally with with the universal church. Right, right. And, and, and that, that confessional identity um, not only connects us to others, but it, it really draws up really uh, good parameters uh, within which you can expect your church to be faithful. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So you know, like, oh, this is a church that believes in uh, a trinity, right? That uh, God has eternally existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, they don't believe in modalism, or they believe in the exclusivity of salvation in Jesus. They you know, whatever it is, your confession of faith says something very, very important about you. Yeah, absolutely. What would be next? And with the establishment of a confessional identity, I think comes the the, the third issue that needs to be addressed, and that is um, that every church has to define the mission of yeah. the church. Yeah. Right. The the mission of the church sounds like a no brainer to some of our listeners. I'm sure. Like, well, the mission of the church, Matthew 20, Great Commission. Right. Go and make disciples. That is the mission of the church. I'm I'm absolutely convinced that is the mission, and nothing else is the mission. Yeah, making disciples is the mission. Now, as disciples, we do other things, but the church's um, primary objective is to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and uh, make disciples, mature believers who are um, ready to follow Christ. Now, the reason it's important to identify this is because this becomes your main thrust. This is the thing that that you're going to pour all your energy into yeah, all your resources into. Right. And so when people are saying, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Can we, can we, can we start this ministry? Um, it all is, is going to be essentially um, evaluated on the basis of, is this going to help us accomplish the mission that Jesus has given us yep. um, as a local church? So defining the mission very clearly, the way we say it at Redeemer is that um, our mission is to make disciples as disciples. Right, so very simple, nothing new, nothing original, because mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be. It was something given to us two thousand years ago. So number three, I think, is really important yeah. uh, because again, these all you know, clarifying the vision, establishing the confessional identity, uh, defining the mission of the church. These things are essential. You can't really move forward without them. Yeah, and even even you know, uh, with defining the mission of the church, like we're going through, a, we're possibly going through like a building campaign. And even as as uh, as the elders were getting together and discussing it and looking over plans and looking over discussions, everything. Right. The the main question that we are asking ourselves is, okay, what's the purpose behind this building? Well, if it's not helping us make disciples as disciples, right. then there's no point behind it. Right. And we're saying, okay, how is this going to help us with the mission of the church? Right. Uh, that's a really good point um, because. In fact, we've had we've had a lot of feedback on the way that we have approached this. Yeah, um, you know, we've approached the, the a building need uh, a couple of years ago, 
and we we threw it out there. And in the end, we we saw that it was not going to happen because no. our people just couldn't afford it. And so we said, okay, we're just we're done with it, and we'll leave it alone. And the people were really thankful for that. Yeah. That we weren't trying to you know ram this down their throat. And even now that this looks like something that's more possible, um, something smaller scale. Mm-hmm. But, it's it's been put in the context of uh, this is not so that we can become something that we're not. Yeah. This is so that we can keep doing what we've been doing. Exactly. And we just want to do it better. Absolutely. Um, and so fourth, then uh, I think revitalization. Uh, what needs to be addressed is healthy, unified leadership that works hard together. Right. That's good. And That's so when we right. talk about healthy. I'm talking about like uh, we're talking about individuals that that are are growing in their relationship uh, with the Lord, that they're, they're pressing into God, but then they're also pressing into each other, right? Because I think there has to be a relational aspect yeah. among the staff or and among the leadership because uh, that we are unified together around the gospel. We're unified together around the non-negotiables, but then also we're unified together in the mission and vision of the church. Yeah, uh, And I think what I, I've, I've had some people ask me in the past about, um, well, you know, wouldn't Redeemer just like okay here here going back to the uh, uh, the building campaign right. the possible building campaign? Yeah. I've had individuals ask me, well, why don't we? What about um, just starting up a church like another satellite church or a church plant um, and sending one of our guys out there? I said, well, at this point, the guys aren't ready. You know, there's you know, some guys have other plans. God's calling them into other areas, and so uh, that's what you know how where we're at. Then they ask, well, why don't we just hire from the outside? He said, because we like to do it from within, right. because there's a certain culture here. Uh, there's a certain unification of our leadership uh, behind the mission and vision of Redeemer that we want whoever is going to be in leadership that they ascribe to that. And I think that, you know, so there's a unified leadership that works hard together. And that's that relational aspect that uh, we're all pulling our weight, I guess, is, is a way to say it. Like, uh, even though, you know, Jeff, let's look at Jeff as an elder. Jeff works really hard in his in his business. He's he's up early, he's out late, uh, and it's labor, it's manual labor uh, to run his, his landscape business. But yet, Jeff's always one of the first people to volunteer and say, hey, you know, there's this aspect of leadership that needs to be addressed, or right. I, I need to go follow up with this person. I'll I'll take care of that this week. Don't yeah. worry about it, right? And so, all everyone in leadership is is willing to uh, to step in and step out to handle the needs of the church. Yeah, I like that, and I like that you say that these are you know not just healthy unified leaders, but that they work hard. Yeah, um, they've got to they've got to carry the weight. That's it's not it. one. Not any one person is going to be able to do it. No, anymore. and that and that's the fear. Sometimes in in some churches, it all befalls the the lead pastor or or just the the paid pastoral staff, right? Uh, rather than the leadership as a whole. And when we're talking about leadership, though, Jimmy, what are we talking about? Like, what do we mean by leaders? Well, I would look at like uh, I would be looking at the the current elders. I would be looking at the staff. I'd be looking at um, uh, deacons. And I would also be looking towards CG leaders, okay, CG cool. lead, uh, community group. Sorry, community group leaders because they have a they have a pastoral role within their community groups, right. And are teaching in mm-hmm. that context, so they so also every need level to be, of leadership. Every level of leadership needs to be unified and work together. And if your leaders are not unified, 
uh, that church is not going to be turned around. No, it, it's not going to happen because the people are are well. It, they're either going to revolt against leadership or they're going to follow. But if your leadership is healthy, then as Scripture prescribes, the people are going to follow. Absolutely, they, they're going to lead. So I think that's great. Um, all right, so following in line with that, again, if you have healthy leadership and you've defined the mission, you've got your confessional identity, and you've clarified the vision, then you are able to give attention to the content and the culture of your corporate worship. Yeah. That's number five. I think this is really important because, number one, this is something that God calls us to do to gather for corporate worship. Think word and the ordinances, um, praying together. Uh, singing together and um, marveling at the gospel together. This is the most important gathering of any given week in the life of a believer and in the life of the church. And it is for most outsiders, people who are not Christians, yeah. it is the front door to the church for them. Correct. Uh, they're going to walk in, and this is going to be their first exposure. Not, and it may be their first exposure to God. It may be their first exposure to the gospel. Uh, it's definitely going to be their first exposure to this church. And so what you do in corporate worship says a lot. Yeah, it matters. It, it says a lot about what you believe and, and who you value and what you value and, and all of that. So by giving attention to the content of corporate worship, it means that you have to reevaluate. So if your church is in need of revitalization— Corporate worship probably needs some work. Mm. So you need to look at what are we doing? What are, what are the essential elements that are involved in corporate worship? Um, does any of this need to go? Meaning it's not biblical uh, and it's not helping. Uh, and to make sure you have more uh, like skits and, <laughs> yeah, no, and dancing. No, it's bad. No, uh, no skits, no dancing. You need to have some theatrical aspects, some dramas. I don't, I don't some think specials. You, I think that's what they call them, right? Specials? Moving lights. Lots of... Like, your, if your background on your screen where the words are isn't moving, mm, you're doing it you're wrong. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can we stop it with the moving backgrounds? Why you do we have to have the moving backgrounds? I don't know, but I, it, it actually, it's really distracting. It's just, really it's, distracting. I think it's funny. All right. Um, so anyway, um, giving attention to the content of your corporate worship, for us as Reformed Baptists, we would say, unless it is prescribed by Scripture, you don't include it as an essential element. Mm -hmm. um, so give attention to that, but not just the content, also the culture of your corporate worship. This is how you do what you do. Yeah. Um, this is the way that it sounds, the way that it feels. This involves everything from the lighting uh, to the greeters at the door to how you handle the offering to the style of preaching, all of that, like the music that you play, the culture of your corporate worship is incredibly important. And if you're revitalizing, you need to determine what kind of a culture do we want. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to say there. Uh, what, what we're trying to do at Redeemer is to make sure that we are ruthlessly biblical in what we do, but that the culture of our worship includes uh, both sobriety and seriousness, but also joy mm. and and th there's room for repentance and grieving and confession. Um, we, we want it to be uh, a, a kind of gathering where it's clear that God is holy, and yet he is inviting sinners into his presence through Jesus. Yeah. And so everything that we do, we want it to be helping us to move in that direction. And if we determine it's not helping us move in that direction, then we want to get rid of it. Yeah, we're done. So you, uh, pay attention. Like, what, what are the decorations in there? Are those distracting or are they helpful? Um, all of that stuff matters. So you, and that re will require a, a, a few people to look at that and to figure that out together. And I think along those lines then, uh, number six, simplify all that the church is doing. And this is actually kind of one of my favorite things is, I, I know it sounds really simple. 
You well, like things uh, to be simple. Cutting, cutting things. Yeah, cutting ministries, like things that that are are not yes. not necessary. Uh, and I should say not necessary because that sounds bad. There might be some people that are like, oh, I really love this one. No, I, I'd say not necessary. Like, listen, a lot of churches do things that that aren't necessary to the life and the health of the church. They just do them because yeah. they've always done them. And that's it. And I think that's where. Um, you know, Brian and I talk about this a lot. Is okay. How are how are all of our ministries fulfilling the mission and vision of the church? If it's not, then what's going on here? Right. And another aspect, because it always comes up when we discuss budget for Brian and I, is okay. Well, where where do you allocate resources? That right? You got You need to. You know, you can only allocate so many resources. And uh, if a, if a ministry is not fulfilling that, then well we can't really allocate more resources. And if we're unable to allocate more resources to a ministry that is not fulfilling the mission and vision of the church, then then the next logical question is, is it necessary to be a ministry of our church? So I think simplifying all that the the church is doing, get the basics done right. Get those done right before you start complicating, you know, quote unquote, building and uh, complicating things. Uh, Because the problem is when you, when you're, all about everything and doing everything, then you lose sight of what's really important and why the purpose and mission of why you're gathering together. That's good. Like do less better yeah. than doing more. Because uh, I think it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes if you have all these ministries, but none of them are, are firing on all cylinders. Right. And I, you know, um, I, re- I remember when um, I was uh, a young church planter, I don't know if I was young, but I was a church planter, first church plant. And I immediately developed like 12 ministries and I gave them all cool names and uh, what they were all going to do. And I was showing them to a director of missions. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm knocking on the window so that my boy will come out and let the dog in. Um, <laughs> and, and he kind of looked at it like, what are you doing? Like, why yeah. do you have so many of these things going when you haven't even really started yet. And so I, I've seen a lot of really healthy churches do this, and church plants in particular yeah. learn this uh, quickly, which is you can only do probably three things really well when you're small. So what are those three things going to be? That's and that's right. not a magic number. No. The point is, is like... Well, no, it is. Because it's three because... Three the is Trinity. the magic number. It's it's because of the Trinity, yeah. Yeah, three legs and a stool. Yeah. Yep, that, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, corporate worship is going to be important. Yep. Uh, and some of the other things that Probably we're... children's ministry is going to be a right. second one. And then, pro- mo- hopefully, I would think, uh, some sort of discipleship group. Right, right. Absolutely. I, th- I, I think that um, simplification is necessary yeah. if we're going to revitalize because you're trying to turn something around. You're basically throwing things overboard so that the ship can move a little bit more easily and quickly, right? Absolutely. Yep. So what would be next then? What would be that next area that needs addressing? All right. Hey, thanks, Eli. Thanks, Eli. Um, Number seven is to cultivate real friendships throughout the body. And I wasn't really sure how to say this. I mean, the big word here and the buzzword is community. Mm. Um, The church needs to be made up of people who know and love one another. It's not a group of people that come and watch a show on Sunday. It's not a, a group of people that belong to the same club. We're supposed to be brothers and sisters, which means we're supposed to be caring for each other, serving one another, rebuking one another, helping one another, um, exhorting one another. And that requires gospel-formed friendships. And people can tell if your church has this or not. They can tell by how they're greeted. Um, They'll be able to see who knows whom and and how those relationships are functioning, Mm -hmm. um, whether or not people know each other outside of church or not. Um, 
So cultivating real friendships, I think, is is critical, or the or the essence of of, of community life in the church is critical because that's going to be the context in which um, most of New Testament commands are carried out in the in the context of those relationships. And if you only have Sunday morning, then you're not going to have those relationships. And and that's why we lead into number eight. Um, uh, rhythms gonna, of discipleship, right? What is it? Rhythms of discipleship. Yeah, uh, I think there needs to be. Uh, that's why I said when you know when you said three things, the magic number. I felt like discipleship has yeah. to needs to be one of them. Um, and actually, you know, well, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. They talk about that like for a, a new church, right? Like, what's your what's your first hire? You know, uh, and you, so you have your lead pastor. What's your first hire after that? You know, some would gravitate towards a youth. Some gravitate towards worship. But I, I would actually think someone that is doing discipleship needs to be that next big hire. Uh, and I think that person is going to that because they're going to help establish these rhythms. So how are you helping people move from, you know, just participating on a Sunday morning right. to actively engaging in community throughout the week? So helping them move from there into uh, investing in other people's lives, allowing others to invest in their lives, uh, growing together. Uh, in community, and then even going further than that, we want to go a step further because we have our community groups. Then we've also got discipleship groups. So, you know, uh, these are just smaller gatherings of two or three, uh, maybe four individuals um, where they really delve deep into Scripture and into each other's lives, praying for each other, repenting uh, to each other. Um, and sharing their struggles with each other and receiving love, support, and prayer mm-hmm. from other believers. Yeah, that's really good, man. And it's and it's rhythms yeah. of discipleship, right? Because these are things that need to be regular, reoccurring. That's it. Um, now, some churches do Sunday school, and I'm a big fan of Sunday school. I like education. I like learning. I like classes. I loved, uh, um, you know, Bible college and seminary. Um, that stuff is fun for me, and I think it's important. Um, other churches will use, like we use, community groups yeah. as the primary rhythm. Uh, it's 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 rare when you find a church that can do both. It's it's very difficult to get full buy-in on both. Yeah. People will usually be split. Some are doing the Sunday school, and some are doing small groups. Um, but you've got to figure this out. You've yeah. got to figure out like what is the best way for us to do what Jimmy just talked about. And for we believe the best way to do that is to start with these community groups and discipleship groups. Um, and we could always look for ways to add other formats uh, for teaching and whatnot. But yeah. really what we're, we're getting at here, in part at least, is when Jesus gives us the mission, we're supposed to be teaching them all to observe that he's commanded That's us. That's right. So this is not just palling around. Um, this is not just holding hands. Yeah, there's an intentionality in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 scripture, it's prayer, it's truth, um, for the purpose of becoming more like Jesus, and that requires relationships. And then, you know, like you said, Jimmy, this this becomes the context in which number seven is really developed, right? Cultivating those friendships, correct, uh, throughout the body. So those are those are the eight, the big uh, eight, the big eight that we think of when we think of revitalization in a church or it really critical uh, things to think through when you're when you're planting a church as well um, every church needs to constantly reassess um, on where they're at with these things because churches grow mature develop change and they need to sometimes reclarify the vision or sometimes uh, the vision needs to be tweaked a little bit yeah and I mean uh, we're gonna actually be now is a good time for us to announce Joe that we're going to be offering a new product at the store uh, I don't know about this 
Well, I'm well for ten easy payments of one ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, you can have monthly Skype sessions oh, with no. Joe don't Thorne, the true. revivalist no, king of no, chur- of no, churches. So, if your church is struggling yeah. uh, and looking for revitalization, mm-hmm. sign up now yeah. for okay. again. No, they're not doing that. ten easy payments no. of one ninety nine ninety nine. Wait, wait, how long do they get me for ten payments? Well, they get you ten sessions. Okay, all they right. get you ten sessions, Joe. Right. Actually, they're gonna get you twelve because I'm giving two for free. Because uh, we're, we're not greedy. We're not greedy. I'm all excited up And this. so, yeah, you can uh, go, just go ahead and head out over this, to- You can head over to the store. It ain't a thing. Nah, it ain't gonna no, be no, there. It's going to be there. It's no, going to be not. there, Joe. And, uh, you know, let us know your thoughts on this. Uh, hashtag JoJo Revitalites. Thanks. <laughs> JoJo Revitalites? I, I, Revitalites? That sounds like some kind of energy drink. Yeah, yeah, because you're okay. going to pump them full of energy All right. to revitalize. All right. <laughs> well, I, I hope not that part, but I hope that uh, our discussion on uh, on revitalization is, is helpful to some of you who are thinking through these things. Uh, we would love to hear your stories, man. Uh, let us know how, what, what, how your church has experienced mm. revitalization or um, how you are attempting to do that if you're in need. Or maybe your church is healthy and you're, you're, you see these things really thriving in your church. We'll share those with us, too. We would like to uh, hear about that. How can they talk to us, Jimmy? Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doc. Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us, sign up for our email blast, hit up the store, store. and for $199.99, no, no, no. 10 easy payments. Buy a t-shirt. You get buy a t-shirt. Every month. And how a, much is it? How much is my coaching? $199.99. So 200 bucks. No, just under two, 200 is too I, much. I know, I, 200 is too much, Joe. I know your business language. <laughs> I just I round up because it's easier. So at 200 bucks, yep, 10 um, times, that's $2,000. Yeah. All right, $2,000. So, uh, yeah. Okay. It's cheaper. I mean, it's cheaper than other options out there. Okay. Is it really? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just not doing that. That's, no, that's no, no, crazy. no. That's but crazy. you know what, Joe? You'll, all you got to do is a Skype call, 10 minutes. So <laughs> 10 minutes for one, once a month. This is, what happen, this is what would happen if Jimmy was a bad person. <laughs> this is what would happen. If, 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 if we were just about trying to make money, uh, Jimmy would like, hey, Well, what, thanks. What now I'm going to, I can't really talk about our conference that you could sign up for no, that's, at the website, at the store. That's Doug Logan. Uh, Doug Logan, 2018, Doug Dr. Logan. Devotion Conference, The Spirit and the Church. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog no coach on Wednesdays. Uh, video content on Friday. Ashes and cars, smoking cigars. Is on Fridays and coaching from Joe Thorne. Later.